And the question you then ask yourself is, why do I feel like this is not the right weight for me? You're listening to Confidently She. You don't have to act like you have it all together because every single one of us is a work in progress. But that doesn't mean we can't take credit for what we're good at and enjoy ourselves in the process. Every episode reminds you to stay different, rest well, and most importantly, drink some water. Welcome to the show. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. So this episode, you're going to learn a term that I coined, but I didn't entirely make up. It's called body weight equilibrium. And it's similar to a set point model, which I'll talk about later in the episode. But through the next 20 to 30 minutes, we will observe and evaluate how our body weight and how we feel about our body weight influences our femininity and our confidence and how we show up in the world. Because you can't show up in the world without your body. You kind of live inside of it. So you got to take it with you wherever you go. And this fixation of culture on specifically women's body weight needs to be addressed. Because no matter what weight you are, there are going to be voices, loud voices, telling you there's something wrong. You either need to be thinner, or you need to be thicker, or the weight that you have needs to be somewhere else on your body. And if you listen to those voices, you will never feel like the body you have is correct. I'm not even going to say the word perfect because nothing is perfect, right? We're not going for perfection. Perfection is not achieved. That doesn't happen. But what can happen is acceptance, confidence, owning who you are, and allowing yourself to enjoy who you are. Because if you don't know how to enjoy yourself, it's very hard for other people to enjoy your company. Okay? By the end of this episode, you will understand a new way to view your weight and the beginning of a new relationship between you and your body. I'm excited for you. So let's get started. I want to tell you a story about when I was 20 years old. I decided that I was going to run a marathon. This was something that I had never thought I could do. I was not a runner, by the way. I wasn't like track star in high school. Actually, I was like the opposite. I did do track for one season and I was terrible. I was so slow, <laughs> but I wanted to be a sprinter because I didn't want to run. I don't know. I mean, the reasons why I joined track in high school were because my friends were doing it and because they had really cute athletic apparel the track team would always have such cute clothes. So I was like, I want that. And then I found myself sprinting the 100 meter dash and hating life. So all that to say, I was not a runner. But I decided to train for and run a marathon because it was something in my mind that I was telling myself I could never do. And I don't like thoughts like that. I like to challenge myself. I like to see Okay, if I put my mind to this, if I put effort behind this, then what's possible? I'm not going to talk myself out of something before I've even tried doing it. So I was training for this 
marathon. I started my training program in May. And the race was in October. So it's about four, five months of training going from not running at all, by the way, like, couldn't even run a mile without stopping and and like being like, Oh, my gosh, I hate this to 26.2 miles on October 6th, 2013. 2013. Yeah. Never forget. So through this process, as I'm sure you can imagine, I increased my exercise like crazy. I was running three, four times a week at the beginning and ramped that up to running like 10, 12 mile runs. And that was more exercise consistently that, than I had ever done in my life, ever. My, my diet, my nutrition, my water intake all changed. My sleeping patterns changed because my priority was I need to get my body prepared to run this race. I need to make sure that my body is in the best physical position to be able to do this. So that means I need to be hydrated. That means I need to have sleep. That means I need to do the runs, right? And then that also means I need to fuel my body with things that are going to keep me going. It was a very interesting new type of dynamic that I had with my body. But through that process, I still can't believe this, through that process of going from running zero to running three, four times a week, like four miles, five miles, up to 10 miles, 12 miles sometimes, my body weight did not change. My body weight did not change between May and October of running 15, 20 miles a week, sometimes 25 miles a week, eating healthy, right? Getting good sleep, drinking water. And there were a few times I reflected on this and I just thought to myself, you know what? If I was doing this to lose weight, I would have totally given up by now. I would have completely abandoned this goal because it's not working. I'm not losing any weight. My body didn't even look that different. It maybe looked a little different here and there, maybe more toned, maybe stronger here, whatever. But overall, if you looked at a picture of me from May 2013 and then October 2013, you wouldn't be commenting on how different my body looked. That's for sure. So why do I share this story? Well, when you are a generally healthy person, when you generally take care of your body, your body has what I call a weight equilibrium. A body weight equilibrium, which means there's a range of weight that your body is going to fluctuate between, usually six pounds right? A range, like let's say if your your body weight is usually 133, you could fluctuate between 136 and 130 pretty easily, depending on when you step on the scale. So if when you're taking care of your body, you don't like that weight that your body is at, it is going to be incredibly difficult to have significant weight loss. Because essentially what you're doing is you're telling your body, I want to create a new body weight equilibrium, which is totally possible. 
But if you're already taking care of yourself, it's not very realistic and it's not very practical. And the question you then ask yourself is, why do I feel like this is not the right weight for me? Because your body is very smart. Your body knows when there is extreme change and it will adjust to try to keep you at that body set point. It regulates your weight to be the weight you are. If you're overweight or underweight, you can pretty objectively look at your patterns in life and say, okay, yeah, I can do this differently. I can do that differently in order to honor and serve my body in a way that is healthy. But if you're doing all those things already, like I was, your body isn't going to change that much. It has this equilibrium set point. And even if you're trying to stay on the low end of that body weight equilibrium, let's use the 130 to 136 example, because that's my body weight equilibrium. So if I were to try to always be 130, when I went on the scale, which I don't weigh myself. So if I wanted to be 130 pounds every single time I stepped on the scale, and if I weighed more, I would feel bad. And if I weighed less, I would feel good. Even though 130 is part of my body weight equilibrium, I wouldn't be giving myself the mental grace and patience and understanding to allow my body weight to fluctuate. So even if you're not trying to to do like weight loss, if you have this number in your head that you think you have to be in order to be you, in order to be the most attractive version of you, that is going to sabotage your confidence and it's going to sabotage your femininity because femininity in itself allows fluctuation. Femininity allows for change and cycle and fluctuation. And how do we know that? Look at your menstrual cycle. Your body is always changing. Your hormones are always changing. And if you're on hormonal birth control, that is going to override your natural feminine changes, cycles, and fluctuations. So while you'll still have fluctuations, they won't be natural. They won't have the same feminine power to them. They won't have the same feminine energy to them. And this is getting a little like spiritual, but it's actually very scientific. And I used to be with you in that perspective of this is weird. This doesn't make sense. This is just made up. But even without going into much detail about it, on a surface level, it's very scientific and it makes sense. So walk through this with me here. We all accept that the moon phases control the tides in the ocean, right? Tides are made of water. The human body is made of 60% water. So if the moon has an influence on a body of water, and you are a body of water, what evidence would you present to show that the moon doesn't have influence over you? I'd be curious to know if, if there is, because just following that simple logic, 
It makes sense to me. If you want the relationship you have with your body to change, go to bodyconfidencequiz.com, take the free quiz and figure out which step you're on in the body confidence playbook. This is the exact path that I took to become more comfortable in my body, more confident in my body, to enjoy my body more, express myself more, be more connected. It is everything. So if you want the relationship you have with your body to change, go to bodyconfidencequiz.com and get started. So I'll tell you another story, and this is how you start to get to know your body and respect that the weight that your body is, is only one small part of everything your body can do for you. And when you start to see your body as more than just how much it weighs, what it looks like, your confidence, your femininity, your expression, the level of enjoyment and connection you have in your life goes through the roof. Okay, it's crazy. So when I got off of the pill, I was on the pill for years. I feel like everybody was on the pill for years. But it was at a place where if I didn't take my pill within a few hours of the time I was supposed to, I would get my period. And it was super annoying because I always had to have this pill pack with me. And I'm a busy person. I have a lot going on. I would always need to make sure I packed my pills whenever I went somewhere. And it was annoying. So so I got off the pill and it took some time for my body to get into a routine cycle. And during this time, I have a friend of mine who does a lot of like moon medicine, very holistic, sexual healer type woman. She's she's amazing. And she offered this course on understanding your menstrual cycle and your femininity. And I thought, that's really interesting. I want to do that. But the main takeaway I had from that was I started to pay attention to the moon phase during my cycle. And what I found was that every full moon, the day before the full moon is when I get my period. Every month, all the time. There's a full moon. And then in the new moon, that's when I'm ovulating. That's when I'm fertile. And there are apps that you can use to do this, by the way. You don't have to like take a lot of time and effort to get this done. You just like put it in an app and it's fine. But not only did I track when I had my period, but I tracked my mood, my creativity, my productivity, and I gained this appreciation for the wisdom and the power that this feminine energy, when understood and harnessed correctly, did for me. Because instead of being frustrated with myself, if I was really critical about something, really frustrated with something, really annoyed with someone or something that's happening at work, I can look to where I'm at in my cycle and go, okay, this is my body showing the things in my life that are no longer working, that need to change. Fun fact, when I was engaged, every time I was in the week of my cycle before I got my period, I would get 
really frustrated about something with my ex-fiance. Not that we would get into a fight, but I would be like, I need, I need to leave this guy. I need to leave. This isn't working out. I need to leave. And it took a few cycles. <laughs> and by a few, I mean like 12. It took like a year for me to finally be like, no, I'm calling this off and this is over. But that just showed my body knew what needed to happen. My subconscious knew what needed to happen. And I wasn't respecting that to understand it and take action based off of it. I was listening to the loud voice of culture that said, you're just PMSing, you're just being dramatic, you're being too emotional, just get over it. Just get over it. If you're mad about something when you're on your period, that just means that you're being too emotional. No. When you're mad about something because you're on your period, that means your body is bringing something to the surface that you keep ignoring. It's bringing an issue to the surface so that you feel the full intensity of the problem. And so that once you're in your productive, problem-solving, critical thinking mode, you can change it. That's what it's doing for you. So rather than resisting that, you need to understand it and respect it and harness that. And you can't do that. You can't create space for this in your life if you're always focusing on how much do I weigh? Do I look sexy? I, I weigh 132 pounds today. I can't eat anything. I need to lose weight. Or I weigh 128 pounds today. I'm doing great. I can't eat anything because I want to keep this up. When your mind is so fixated on how much you weigh, you miss out on everything else that's going on in your body. Your body can't talk. Your body can only get your attention through weight fluctuation, sometimes, through your menstrual cycle, through pain, through pleasure. You need to be more in tune with your body. And strong feminine energy allows and seeks to understand the changes that are happening in her body. Because she knows that there's power in that. It's trying to tell her something. So instead of resisting it and being frustrated with the fact that I want my body to to be a certain weight, why don't you ask yourself first, let's just be super practical, am I doing the things that I need to do as an adult to take care of myself and honor my body? Yes or no? Because if the answer is no, then you have a very clear path as to what you should do to start taking care of yourself. And I, everybody knows this, like I don't need to tell you, but if you're doing all those things and you're still obsessing because you have that perfectionist tendency, you have that high performer, high expectation, unrealistic expectation of yourself, always disappointed in other people, usually disappointed in yourself, very critical. I'm sure it gets you very far in life because it pushes you to always be better. But that's not feminine energy. That's not feminine energy. Feminine energy is allowing yourself to improve 
by reflecting on what's happening and making strategic decisions based on what is working and what is not working. It's not this this constant drive of nothing is ever good enough and you must perform and keep up and compete. That's not that's not healthy feminine energy. Okay? So think back to that story I told at the beginning about me training for a marathon, running and completing a marathon, by the way, 26.2, hardest thing I've ever done. And then ask yourself, if Rebecca's body didn't change during all that, would it make sense for Rebecca to beat herself up go to extreme measures to try to lose weight. Do you think that that would actually be healthy? Do you think that that would be a good thing for me to do? No, no one would think that. So there's this point that you can get to with the relationship with your body that is, okay, I see you. I understand you. Maybe there are some things that I would like to change about my body weight equilibrium, but if that would come at the expense of my overall health and well-being and the time I have in the day to enjoy myself, to spend time with people I love and care about, it's not worth it. That's what I realized. I put in so much time and energy to run that marathon, and I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I didn't do it because of weight loss, because that would have been, I would have given up. I wouldn't have done it. No way. But I put in all that time and energy, and my body was able to accomplish something truly amazing. But I didn't look any different by the end of it. So the takeaway here is when you're doing something physical, The goal can't be an aesthetic outcome. The goal should be a performance outcome. What is my body able to do? A health outcome. How is this helping my body in the long run? Is this sustainable? If I continue on in this way, will I be healthy for the next five years? I had no plan on continuing that training schedule for the rest of my life. It was insane. It was way too much. I don't think that that would be healthy for my body. I think that it would be too hard on my body to be running that many miles in a week. That's how you keep the balance. Because you want to respect that body weight equilibrium. You want to understand what your body's set point is. And then have grace for yourself as you fluctuate and allow room for that feminine energy to teach you the next right thing for your life. And what does all of this have to do with body image and body positivity and and confidence? Well, when you look at your body that way, it's almost impossible to objectify yourself. It's almost impossible to continue to judge yourself only based off what you look like. When you truly understand all the things that your body as a woman is doing every day, every week, every month, your body's doing some pretty cool stuff. And if you tune into it, 
and you recognize and understand and appreciate it, you start to learn that. And the more you see that, and the more that opens up for you. Now, when I think of how much I weigh, I do not care at all. I do. It's, it's like not even something that crosses my mind. I don't think of it in terms of weight or dress size or bra size or any kind of size, any kind of numbers. The questions that I ask myself are, how am I feeling? Short-term and long-term. How have I felt in the last week? What have I been doing in the last week? What can I do in this next week to give my body what it needs? Hey, everybody, it's Rebecca. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I want to give an extra special thank you to everyone who has left a rating and review of this show over on iTunes. That means so much to me. So I want to extend a very special thank you. And I will see you again in another episode.